Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Red, White, and Blue Jays. Hope you're all keeping well. You've had a good week since we last spoke to you. We've had uh, a little bit of uh, Winter Olympics starting off in the house, so into day two at the point of recording. Uh, Really enjoying just watching all those weird and wonderful sports that we don't often get to see here in the UK. I love immersing myself just in in any sort of Olympic sport, but uh, particularly enjoy the the Winter Olympics. Today, I've uh, had this guest on my radar for a little while. Uh, He's somebody who I first spoke to last year. Um, when uh, a good friend of mine, Blue Jay's dad, was hosting some Twitter space conversations, which I was invited into, and Craig was also invited to, and so it was good to be able to catch up with him. Uh, so I hope, really hope you enjoy this interview, which was recorded a little bit earlier today. The podcast home of Blue Jays fans UK. You're listening to Red, White and Blue Jays. Real excited to have Craig with us today. Craig, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Oh, Steve, what an absolute pleasure to be on, man. Big fan, big fan. And my gosh, I just marvel every single time. I've only had the pleasure of interacting with you once. It was during a Blue Jay Dad Twitter space, if you remember that. And that was on uh, once or twice, maybe. We did that a few times. That was right as the season ended, I believe. And I just... Uh, every time they, they start with a time check. Okay, see, hey, what, what time is it there, Blue Jays? UK? And I just can't, honestly, I respect the heck out of the fact that you guys over there, that, that there's a fan base over there with that timing. I mean, that's a commitment you guys are making. That's a commitment. The job that I work, I, I try to have my schedule end at 7 p.m. local time. That's when the games start because, man, my mind's on, you know, I, I need something to distract me all day until Blue Jay baseball. Then as soon as the workday is done, boom. For you guys, that's a work day. How do dinner? What do I do? And then in the wee hours of the morning, there's the Blue Jay game. So honestly, I'm so impressed with the commitment from you guys overseas. So this is an absolute pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's funny. I I just did a little introduction before you you came online, and uh, was reflecting on the fact that you know our first conversation was via our, our mutual friend of Blue Jay's dad. So, uh, and I thought at that moment in time, I I wanted to have you on my list of of potential guests that are coming on. So awesome. I, I'm, I'm really thrilled that, you know, as you say, the time zone difference that we have between you guys, thankfully it's not huge, you know, five hours isn't too bad, uh, but just trying to find a, a mutually convenient time for both of us to be around today. Uh, appreciate. And you, you had your booster yesterday. How, how are you feeling? Much better today. Yesterday was a little woozy, a little wonky. Uh, arm is still sore and such, but Hey, uh, you, you know what, to, from, I know it's individual, like like each person has their own reactions. But man, I've been hearing some some uh, some not horror stories, but but things that I wasn't super excited about, you know, being part of. So uh, I, I think I've gotten really lucky. Knock on the old wood here. I think I've gotten really lucky with it. So so I'm pretty pleased. Great. And, and things. I mean, so just stepping into Canadian news stories, it's not a very pretty story out there at the moment, is it? In terms of COVID and lockdowns and all that sort of stuff there's a little I, I saw the convoy thing was that yesterday that in the news that was happening it's been going for a while now yeah ottawa now different cities as well yeah there, there there's there's quite a lot going on there's no doubt about it 
Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know that Canada, you know, it may be going too far to say, you know, that, that we're, we're having a unique problem with COVID. I think, you know, many places around the world are, but certainly accurate to say that, you know, Canada's included on lists of countries that are having a problem with COVID. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, you only have to look at our stats and to realize that uh, you are not alone, sir. Um, yeah. But uh, let's just, you know, pray good health over you and your family and, and, and so on and those that you know. Thanks. So, Craig, I know that you're a big TikTok man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just extol the virtues of TikTok for me because uh, I'm not sure... We've got many people. I, I mean, I've got a TikTok account and I follow you and I follow other couple of other Blue Jay stuff. Just tell me, what, what was the storyline for you using that medium in terms of getting a lot yeah. of your, your content out? How did that come about? Yeah, well, I've been doing a content, uh, you know, for, for a long time, you know, different social media, YouTube, things like that. And then, you know, I had to get the old nine to five, right? So that was taking up so much of my time. So I was I was getting away from it. And then just so much happening in, in, in the sports world and particularly the baseball world that I, man, I just wanted to have a voice on. I just wanted to make content on. I was so inspired to do it. So I got back into it, stumbled upon TikTok. And what I loved about TikTok is the format. You know, it's, it's a one to three minute video. I find in this day and age, attention span wise, I mean, that works for a lot of people. And I even like when I go on TikTok and, and scroll through the different videos, because I like TikTok's algorithm. They, they really uh, position it where you're going to see things. They call it the For You page. So as you're scrolling through videos that TikTok thinks, hey, Craig, you know what? To be honest, this seems like it might be up your alley. And they really have a good understanding of the algorithm. So like my, my For You page right now, if I'm scrolling through, it's all videos on sports. It's all videos on sports cards, uh, um, um, the the the, the uh, uh, the, the the gambling the sports uh, sports betting industry things like things that I'm really um, uh, interested in all the the creators that I follow that that I consider you know top tier sports minds for football baseball or basketball I can barely spell hockey so that's not me but for for those other sports so that's what I uh, appreciate about TikTok I've always liked the length of the videos it's just I feel like I can get those quick hitters and and, and I enjoyed that you, you know what I mean by quick hitters I, you know the, uh, the from from a time. Uh, for a time span, a, a focus standpoint. I really like the way they've got that set up and the algorithm works for me. I can, I can get on there and scroll and I'm going to see a lot of content that I really enjoy. So I don't know that I saw it coming that I would like TikTok as much as I do, but yeah, I, I but I'll say I do. Yeah. So is that your main form now of, of getting content out? Is, is that your main media? That's the main one I use it indeed. So I'll make that video and then uh, post that to Twitter and uh, and Instagram as well. I, I, I'm a nightmare with my YouTube page. I need to be way better th than that. But yeah, I would say that's where I make the content is on is on TikTok and then I'll share it around. It'd be remiss of me not to ask you at this point for everybody else who's listening in, in terms of your handle, is it all the same Craig underscore Ballard? Is that is that consistent across all the media? Well, the reason you're you're saying that is because that would be the smart thing to do. Uh, no, um, on Twitter I am uh, at Craig Ballard and then seventy seven. That's all one word, Craig Ballard seventy seven. On Twitter I am Craig underscore Ballard. I beg your pardon. I'm sorry. On TikTok, I beg your pardon. Craig underscore Ballard. Brilliant, excellent. Hope everybody's got that. We'll 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 make sure that we tag you properly so that people can find you and follow you and awesome. uh, and all that stuff. Right. Well. As you, as you know, a little bit of what we do on this podcast is to find out a little bit about the person in terms of enjoyment of the Jays, how their Jays story started. Just give us a little bit of a backdrop to, to you, what you're doing in life, where you are. I, I assume you're in, Can uh, in Toronto, but uh, I may have got that wrong. Just give us a bit of a backstory in terms of your early memories of Jays and, and so on. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm in Mississauga, right beside Toronto. Okay. Yep. And uh, yeah, Blue Jay baseball for me, I, I liken it in this area uh, of Toronto Maple Leaf hockey. Again, I can barely spell hockey, but uh, the, if you're a Maple Leaf fan in this area, it's because it was generational. Your, your parents were, their grandparents were. Well, well, for me, that was Blue Jay baseball. So my grandparents got my parents into, you know, Blue Jay baseball is a big deal uh, for me and my family. And that's, um, and uh, th- th- that's as far as I can remember. Uh, there was a, I was very blessed early on. So I'm, uh, I'm old enough, boy, I'd be dating myself here, but uh, I was around for the drive of 85. So that was 1985. That's the first time the Blue Jays made the playoffs during that season. They called up uh, during the, uh, during some d- different points during the season, they called up uh, Lou Thornton Jr. And Manny Lee from AAA. Manny Lee would become Manuel Lee. So Lou Thornton Jr. Probably not going to be a household name. He had a cup of coffee a little bit with the Blue Jays. Manny Lee played many seasons with the Blue Jays, but when they called them up, they had to give them housing when they came to Toronto. And I was living in Toronto at that time with my family and Lee and, and Thornton got, got uh, put up in our apartment building. So I got wow. to meet them as a young child, get close. Like it was amazing. And then every year, maybe six, seven years after that, our family vacations would be going down to Dunedin to see spring training. So Thornton, when he was there, Manny Lee for several years would let me back in the back where the Jays are in the batting cages and, and the, and the pitching mounds and things like that. So I was really really fortunate to, to have those sort of experiences growing up. So if, if, if I wasn't in love with Blue Jay baseball already, that was certainly going to cement the deal of it. And uh, the rest, I, I guess, as they say, is history. I, as I say with my work schedule, like I'm literally planning days, planning things around Blue Jays baseball. It's a very big deal for me, Steve, <laughs> whether it should be or not. I mean, it's the reason for this, to be honest with you, it's the reason for the bald head. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it, my Blue Jay fandom goes back in the day and it's, it's born and bred from my family. So have you played the game yourself? Is it something that yes. as you're growing up through school that you played and so on? So well, tell us about some of your memories there. Well, not still. No, no. I, I played growing up, though. Absolutely. I, I remember uh, you know, he, he's become a four-letter word, uh, uh, very unfortunately, from his own actions. But uh, I remember where, uh, I was playing second base growing up when Roberto Alomar was was a second base. And I always joke that I was the second best second baseman in Canada because, of course, Roberto Alomar, the best second baseman in Canada. But yeah, I grew up playing second base. It was one of those stories, Steve, man, I bet somebody at home has had, got this similar story where I grew up uh, as a shortstop. And, but, but as I was growing up, I got to an age where the, the parents were coaching the team. So I got up to a rep team where the shortstop was the coach's son. So at a young age, quickly, I could see, oh, is that, oh, no, no, oh, writing on the wall there. Okay. So I could see I was going to need to, to learn a new position. And I remember Steve, like it was yesterday. I could take you to the, literally to the ballpark where this was at down on Lakeshore here. I remember like it was yesterday, sitting at second base. And you remember it, the, the infield drill. So the, the coach would be at home plate. He'll hit a ground ball to third, throw it to first. Hit a ground ball to second, throw it to first. You go around the infield. And I remember seeing the ground ball to third and the ground ball to second. I remember seeing the angle of the ball coming off the bat from second base right away. Again, as a small child, I remember this right away thinking, oh, I like this. Why well, can't handle it. Well, I like this angle. Oh, I like this, this point of view here from second base. Man, and I just instantly fell in love with the second base position played it uh, you know for a long time at some point needed to uh <laughs> to start paying the bills right you know you get 18 19 20 you gotta that 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 shifts into getting a job so uh, so you know ended up going that road but absolutely grew up just just loving playing baseball absolutely yes very good you've just triggered something off in my mind which i wasn't going to ask you but i think as you as you as you've mentioned robbie alemar and and Obviously, what's happened there? I just just want to run, run down that little road for a moment. Bit interesting to set on your take. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we we don't want to condone any behaviour that, that's that's happened. But how how an organisation, uh, you know, who's had such an influential player as Robbie Watts, 
and then has obviously cut and severed all ties. I mean, what were the ripples around Toronto when that news first broke? Because, you know, it was it was massive, wasn't it? And 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 I, I guess a lot of people like yourself grew up. He was a boyhood hero, you know, one of your favourite players and all that sort of stuff. And, and suddenly what feels like overnight, all of that's disappeared. But I mean, what was that like going through? Absolutely incredible. It remains incredible to me to this day. I, I, I always have to preface Robbie Almar now by saying I realize he's a four-letter word. You know, he's per, uh, what's a persona non grata? Is that the way they say it in Blue Jays lore? But you're exactly right, Steve. It was overnight. All of a sudden, there was a and the investigation had been going on for a while, but it had been kept quiet. And all of a sudden, there was a release from Major League Baseball. Hey, this guy's done with us. And in the very next breath, the Toronto Blue Jays saying he's done with us as well. Names removed from everywhere. He was a big time ambassador for the team. They, they, they had he's a Hall of Famer. They had him heavily involved in things. They had him heavily involved in things. All of a sudden, it's as if he didn't exist. And it's remarkable. And, and, and I mean, in all the bad ways, like in all the wrong ways, remarkable. If if if. During his time, you know, all the way up until it happened, if you could have stopped time and said, Craig, can I tell you something? Huge scandal coming here from one of your Blue Jays. One of the Blue Jays that is that is synonymous with the Blue Jays is about to be not even connected with the Blue Jays. You know how long that would have taken me to go down that list, guess correctly, of Robbie Alomar? It was an absolute stunner, an absolute stunner. Massively disappointing. Uh, I mean, and a, just an unbelievable baseball player on the field. But man, I, I always feel like a, as much as a, a, of a passion as we all have for sports, I always feel like sports is one thing. Real life is quite another. And Robbie Alomar was clearly screwing up on the real life stage. So I don't think, you know, what was, what was him by any stretch of the imagination, but your point of Craig, wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that shockwaves? Oh my, the shockwaves continue, Steve, continue. No, I, I can imagine. And uh, obviously I, the first time I was uh, saw the Jays play was in 94. So I haven't got the history to to the. Oh length. my goodness! You walked in the door right after the back-to-back worlds. Oh my I know, gosh! I know. A lot of losing. Oh my I, goodness! I, I know. It, it, in terms of time, well, actually, I'll tell you another thing with um, the timing of me going in '94. I was four four or five days. I can't remember now. Five, probably five days before the strike of '94. So Jeez. I literally got in by my fingernails in terms of watching the Jays play. I mean, I may never have seen them play if I'd gone on holiday or vacation. You know, a week, yeah. late, week later, oh. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen them, and I probably would never have loved baseball like I do, and certainly not the Jays. Yeah, incredible. so yeah, so amazing, amazing story. But uh, obviously, I've looked back through history books and, and and bits and pieces in sort of the eighty run and, and eighty five run and so on, but I haven't got that inbred childhood experience like mm-hmm. like you. And I think you know when these things happen, probably the most similar to us would be you know soccer stars, football players over here you know, that we've all grown yeah, up watching and, and something similar happens. It it does send shockwaves right across across the country. And but it does make you put in perspective the difference between sport and real life, as you say. And and as much as we love the Jays and everything else, actually, you know, what happens in life is so important and and, and how we handle ourselves. I remember making content about Roberto uh, Asuna being the youngest player ever to reach a hundred uh, saves and mere days later he was persona non grata with the Toronto Blue Jays mere days later. That's how quickly things can turn. And it, there's so many reminders, unfortunately, for us in sports that we really don't know these people. We really, truly don't, Steve. If you've got a story to tell, send us an email, bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. Now, back to Red, White, and Blue Jays. Coming through your childhood into adult life, you've obviously continued to, to follow the Jays passionately. 
how many games do you now get to a season that, you know, obviously they haven't been in, in Toronto for the last year and a half, but, you know, in a normal situation, what would your, what would your game rate be? Steve, if you gave me free tickets to a Blue Jay game, I wouldn't thank you for it. That is not my scene. I do not want to be around 50,000. That, that is just not me. I'd way prefer being in the comfort of my own home okay. from a comfort standpoint. And from a strategy standpoint, Steve, I want to be at home watching the replays, all of that. When I go to Blue Jay games, uh, there's a restaurant. It used to be called the Reba. I believe now it's called the Sportsnet Cafe. It's the restaurant that's in the left field mm-hmm. home run area there. Now, that I'll do. That I'll do. You still got the, the, the game on. I still got the replays and everything like that. I'm not part of that 50,000. Like you can't even hear them singing the anthem. You can't hear anything. It's all soundproof yeah. there. That I like very much. It's an awesome atmosphere there. The, the staff is all just in Blue Jay jerseys and they, they just st- stand by the back wall. Literally, they'll just stand there waiting. Then you'll call them, you know, first inning, order some apps, you know, third inning, maybe a drink or two, fifth inning, maybe get some dinner, things like that. Like, it's just so nice and leisurely. Now that I can get behind and I'll try to do that a few times each year. Right. But being in the in the crowd, you know, with the people, man, just that, 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 that's not my scene, Steve. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely amazing because everybody I speak to, particularly from here, it's all about being in the ballpark. It's the it's the atmosphere. It was, sure. you know, that that's what won me over. You know, my first visit in 94, clearly they were still on a good run, you know, after the two World Series. The, the, the ballpark was packed. I was up in the 500 level. <laughs> Fell in love with the place, you know, absolutely wow. fell in love with the place, with the game, with the city, you know, the whole, the whole shebang. But it was, it was the thing that got me was the, was the atmosphere. It was the, and it, again, it's very different to football. You know, football's very, you know, 90 minutes of uh, full on game, you know, you're in, you watch and you come home. Whereas but baseball is much more, that, as you say, that's allegedly, you know, yeah. you don't literally don't have to watch every pitch coming in every moment but you can still understand what's happening in the game what's going on and it was that atmosphere that i just i fell in love with so i, I oh. there will be a lot of uk fans who are saying what does he mean he doesn't go to the games <laughs> maybe so maybe steve maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll explain it a little better than make uh, in that maybe it's more of a been there done that type thing sure if that makes if that makes it the last game i was at in the stands my friend got us uh, tickets behind home plate two rows behind home plate and i'd never been behind home plate so that's a yes please that's a yes please uh, you know i said if you gave me tickets i wouldn't thank you for them well if they were on the first you know first row on the first base side or third base side okay fine i might thank you for them okay fine yes but oh, you know generally speaking like like when you describe that 500 level that's definitely have been there done that for me i'm afraid of heights and man i uh, that is no bueno for me i can't even believe the angle they've got those seats on that is no bueno <laughs> so maybe there are some seats i would enjoy the atmosphere but honestly to the most part i'm more of a homebody than that yeah, so even when they went on their little runs in postseason runs in 2015, 2016, you didn't you didn't feel actually you know, I'd love to go and experience that. You didn't want there wasn't anything of you that wanted to be at the backflip game and and <laughs> well in, in in my defense on that, and you may and this 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 may help me here with some of the fans that are that are yelling at me right now. During those times in, in the complex that we live in, uh, one of my buddies lives two doors down, him and his brother live two doors down, and they had a projector. And they put the game on the side of, uh, of of one of the big houses on the complex. So we had the whole complex watching the, the games together on huge, huge. So it was it was epic in itself. To, so hopefully that saves me a little bit because no, I did not have a hankering to go to those games either. <laughs> oh, that's amazing because obviously even, evening games over here, middle of the night. Uh, yeah. you know, I, it was about you know I don't know what it was two thirty a.m. or something here when 
when Jose knocked it out of the park and wow. uh, me, me and my, my daughter, my eldest daughter, we were watching it and uh, <laughs> we, were, we were tiptoeing around the house trying to not, not wake anybody, but uh, just, yeah, it was an epic moment. But fa- fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's fascinating hearing your insights into into uh, being a Jays fan in the city. I don't think, just trying to think if I've had anybody else on, I've had people from Canada who don't live in Toronto. Uh, but I think you're the first person who actually lives in Toronto. So it's interesting just to hear how you think as a Jays fan. <laughs> uh, do, I mean, how many people would you think go to most games? Is, is it is it something that, you know, you would buy a season ticket for or is it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, the, the, hey, I'm in the massive minority when I say this. Absolutely, yes. Especially as you prefaced earlier, you know, Blue Jays are just getting back to Toronto now. Well, forget about it. There was a there was a buzz and a major run on those tickets. Like, like, wow, 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 wow. You, you mentioned as well, 90, 92 and 93. Now, so 94, the, the, the overflow from that, it was still packed. So, so absolutely. Yes. Now in Toronto, you have so many options to spend your entertainment dollars. So the blue Jays do need to have a winning uh, a team on the field for it, but they, you know, lately have. So yes, the Rogers center is an incredible, incredible atmosphere. But, you know, since, since the last, since the Jays last won the world series, you no know, Argos have won world series, the Toronto rock the lacrosse team have won. Uh, this is always a Leafs town. Uh, the Toronto Raptors have come uh, into play and won a championship. Like there's so many different ways to spend your entertainment dollar. So I won't say that the, that it's 50,000 just because at the Scott, at the Rogers center, sorry, but when there's a winning product on the field, my gosh, it is just a sensation. Even I'll admit, it's a sensational atmosphere. I just enjoy that atmosphere from the comfort of my couch. Sure, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, well, we can enjoy we can join you that. How are you feeling about the Rogers Centre refurbishment? I don't know what else to call it in terms of that they've just announced recently because there's been a bit of you know debate whether they were going to build a new ballpark down on on the lakeside and stuff, but that seems to have been kicked into touch now and. And it looks like the Rogers Centre is going to get an upgrade of some sort. What do you think that's going to be like? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if, if there's, I mean, you talk about the, the the right man for the job, the right person for the job, Mark Shapiro. This is what he does. He totally revamped things in Cleveland, totally revamped the stadium, like you name it, their atmosphere, their their ball game experience, totally revamped it head to toe. Now he's getting to get his mitts on some of that for the Blue Jays as well. I don't see how this is going to be anything but really positive. I've got total faith in Mark Mark Shapiro heading this up. Yeah, I think uh, there were some doubters, weren't there, certainly in the early days of him and Ross Atkins and, and what they were going to do and how they were going to change things. Obviously, Alex was a, was a god in terms of Toronto eyes and, and losing him and, and seeing Shapiro and Atkins come in. And I think, you know, I think now we can see the benefit of what they've been trying to do. Um, so perhaps this is a good chance to, to look back in terms of last season and and where we ended up. I mean, what was your take from 2021? And, and we've talked about 92, 93 winning those World Series. Now, now one thing that I, f- I find people sort of not over, maybe forget about that is because I hear a lot of Blue Jay fans complaining about the Yankees payrolls, Red Sox payrolls, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, 92 and 93, that was the Toronto Blue Jays with the top payroll both years. That was the Blue Jays buying the Dave Winfields, the Paul Molitors. Uh, Dave Stewart's available, cut him a check. Jack Morris is available, cut him a check. The previous season, uh, Calif- the then California Angels can't afford Devon White, cut him a check. The Padres can't afford the re-up coming with Alomar and Carter. Bring them over here. We'll cut them a check. That was the Blue Jays cutting those checks, being the high payrolls. And what did we see? By the time 94 ended, the strike happened, yes, but the Blue Jays were one of the worst teams in baseball. Operating that way is not sustainable. Now enter Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro. What they are building 
is sustainable. Absolutely, yes. I believe the playoff window for the Blue Jays is going to open if there's baseball this season, and it's going to be open for five, six, seven, eight years. We are going to see, for the first time in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history, we are going to see perennial playoff appearances by your Toronto Blue Jays. That's the difference here. That's why I trust these guys so much. They've built such a fantastic organization. And if you think about it this way, Steve, now, they had gone through all the lumps in Cleveland, all the rebuilding, and then the Cleveland five- to eight-year playoff window was just starting to open when they came to Toronto. So can you imagine that phone call? You've got Rogers on line one. Hello. Hey, Mark, I know you went through all those lean years, all those tough times in Cleveland. You're finally seeing the fruits of that labor. That must be fun. But still, how'd you like to come north of the border? How'd you like to come to a totally different country and go through all those lean times again? Well, that wasn't going to get Shapiro here. So they must have been clear to him that we do need you to go – go through some lean times, build us up here. Roger's ownership was not happy with Alex Anthopoulos from the job he did. Need to build that, need to rebuild our organization. Anthopoulos gutted it. So there is going to be some lean times, but when you're ready to perennial, perennially contend, like, we did, like what you did with Cleveland, you're going to be very pleased with what you see from the budget. And we're seeing all of that start to come to fruition now. Two years ago, make it rain for Ryu. Last year, make it rain for Springer. This season, again, if there is a season, let's see what they do with the free agency. But, of course, they've already made it rain for a guy like Kevin Gosman. So we're seeing a really exciting time in Blue Jay baseball where it's going to be sustainable because the core is still going to be the Vlad and the Bo, the young guys, the, the, the Manoas, still those young guys with Rogers chipping in for that money as well. Now we're really building something sustainable. Steve, there's never been a more – your kids are going to grow up wondering, why was dad always so – Dad was always so cantankerous. He was always so upset with the Blue Jays. I don't get it. All they do is win because the kids now are going to grow up seeing a lot of winning from this Toronto Blue Jay franchise. It's going to be sustainable. Yeah, I mean, let's hope so. I mean, losing uh, Ray and, and Simeon last year, uh, were you disappointed about them not hanging around? Or were you suspecting that they probably would go elsewhere? Well, again, I'm going to be in the big time minority here. Now, I was de- I'm in the majority when I was suspecting they were going going elsewhere, but I'm in the minority here and being super concerned about losing them. Robbie Ray won the signing. Like, did we love the season Robbie Ray had? Let's just be honest. Of course we did. But man, I gotta say, I think we would all agree that August and September is go time. That's the playoff drive. That's the stretch run. And in August and September, the Blue Jays were six and six in Robbie Ray starts. He had some stinkers in there. They were like nine and four, I think it was, with Stephen Matz, 10 and one with Alec Manoa. Like, are you absolutely kidding me? Even Ryu, who the whole fan base was down on for those last two months, I think the Jays were like seven and five in Ryu starts. So I honestly think that Ray has at least been replaced, if not, we're in better hands with Kevin Gosman and the whole uh, Semyon. I mean, had a historic season. I mean, what's what's not to love? But man, I, tell you, I, I find that a lot of the fan base seems to think that the Blue Jays are going to take a, a Blue Jay hat, like when you've got the background there, and all the whole team's going to autograph it, and they're going to go out to second base and just place it there, and that's going to be their second. Like I feel like the fan base feels like they've lost all production from second base. No, will there be will there be a, a record-setting production from second base? I really doubt it. But we will get some production from second base, and where do you make up that? That, that difference, a full season from George Springer, a full season from George Springer. Vlad continued to improve. Bichette continued to improve. Kirk, if he's here, continuing to improve. Like the list goes on and on and Espinal continuing to improve. Man, the, Semyon walking out the door, this offense, th- this cupboard is not bare by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm big time in the minority, Steve, when I say, listen, if, if, if that's 140 games at second base from Kevin Bichel, I am A-OK with that. I am rare in this fan base in that I have not I feel like a lot of the fan base has, has 
put a period at the end of Kevin Biggio's career and moved on. I don't get it. I don't know why. I think last season, all season, he was hurt. I have big, big expectations. And I'll tell you, the Blue Jays have huge expectations for Kevin Biggio. So am I happy these guys left? Oh, boy, I, I sure don't think I'd go that far, Steve. But man, am I devastated? Do, you know, is this an a, 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 a empty cupboard? I, boy, I, I, I'm just not there. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think the Kevin Biggio thing has been uh, a weird one as it's unfolded last year. Obviously, he was out for a large portion of the season, wasn't he? Uh, and he wasn't when he was playing. He wasn't producing in quite the way that he had in, in previous years. So, I think there was, and, and he also was in comparison, you know, to what was happening around him. And uh, by anybody's standards, you know, yeah. people are going to look at a weaker player if they're not keeping up with the Vladis and the Simeons and the Hernandez of these of this world. And and I think that was. That was unfortunate for him. I mean, I've always liked Kevin Biggio. I think you know he's a good player. Is he is he your out and out replacement for Simeon in that position? I think that's my question mark. And obviously Espinel as well. But both brilliant, brilliant guys. But are they your day in, day out, second, third baseman? Uh, I'm not sure. I wonder whether you know the Jays will be still looking to fill fill one of those positions and then perhaps rotate through through Biggio and, and, and Espinel. What, what do you feel about that? I'm, I'm right there with you. I absolutely think they will be. Uh, Shapiro and Atkins, I really enjoy the fact that I really respect and, and like the fact that they kick all tires. There are zero tires unkicked by these guys. I mean, the, the, their grasp of the landscape of the league is just very impressive and through the roof. So I'd be just stunned beyond belief if they are not, if they don't have a hardcore plan of numerous second basemen to look at, numerous third basemen to look at. If at the end of the day, what ends up happening is Espinel at third and Biggio at second. I personally am just not nearly as crestfallen by that as a lot of Blue Jay fans will be. So I'm not saying that that's necessarily my, my top choice. You know, but Jose Ramirez at third base is is the most hand-picked person I could pick uh, on, on the entire planet. It would be one of the most amazing moves in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. Uh, Freddie Freeman, which seems like an odd fit for a lot of people, so I might be in the minority there as well. But my God, I would just be over the moon excited if Freddie Freeman was a Blue Jay. So now your third base defense is either Vlad or Freeman or one of them DHs once at third at second and Espinal. But either way, there's going to be times when the third base defense isn't as solid as you'd like in that scenario. But man, the offense would just be it would just be incredible. So yes, I have total faith in Shapiro and Atkins. I think they would be looking to make moves at second base and third base. My point on that just being if the moves end up being elsewhere, because these Blue Jays aren't done with these moves. Let's let's understand that. If those moves end up being elsewhere and end up with Espinal and Biggio. We haven't seen a full season from Bijou at second. I'd be intrigued to have it play out. We haven't seen a full season from Espinal at third. I wouldn't mind seeing that play out. Espinal, I remember doing a deep dive into him last season. I mean, the Blue Jays won games when he played. Much of that lineup is home run or bust. He was a situational hitter and a very good defender. Man, I am totally, totally okay with finding more playing time for Espinal. Feels like I am in the minority, Steve, but I hope you see what I'm saying. It's not, it's not my top choice. I think they'll look around, but if that's where we end up, man. Uh, I'm not mad at it. I'll say that. What a, I heard a bit of Donaldson rumors. What do, what do you think about bringing him back? Now, boy, oh boy, <laughs> did, did we get together ahead of time, Steve? And we and we agreed that you'd only ask me questions where I'm in the huge minority here. Are you trying to get me yelled at? Because, <laughs> man, I'm in the huge minority here. I am no fan of Josh Donaldson. I do not want him anywhere near this Toronto Blue Jay team. I, I when, when Donaldson was was going to all-star games those blue jays only edwin incarnacion was talked to by any of the other players the rest of the league thinks donaldson's an absolute jerk they wanted nothing to do with him batista nothing to do with him fast forward to this year's play uh, this year's all-star game 
everyone clamored, everybody gravitated to Vlad, to Bo, to Teo. That's the culture of this clubhouse right now. I don't want Josh Donaldson and his me, 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 look at me. I don't want him anywhere near this clubhouse. Now, again, I'm going to go back and say what I've saying before. Say they end up with Josh Donaldson at third. If Shapiro and Atkins have, you know, gone through a lot of options and that's where they end up, then I'm not going to be upset with it. But I find a lot of Blue Jay fans want that to be the, the number one choice to bring him in. I am not there at all. I, I'm not there at all. I don't think he fits into this culture at all. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think the culture of the 2015-16 teams were totally different to what we're seeing played out at the moment. Um, you know, there's been talk about, you know, a, a particular culture within the clubhouse that was unhealthy. Uh, and I think, you know, some of those players, uh, as much as the, the, the enjoyment they gave us over those couple of seasons weren't the culture that you know that clearly Shapiro and Atkins are trying to build at the moment and I think the home the home run jacket you know for me just (laughs) summarizes you know what's what's happening uh, within the current team and it's very exciting to see let's just uh flip from from offense to to the pitching situation obviously Coburn Klossman has come in Uh, how you how you seeing the starting rotation at the moment obviously we've we've got uh, a lot of the guys coming back but um I sort of think fifth spot is probably the one that is a bit of a question mark for me. Maybe Ross Stripling in there, but uh, where would you see that sitting? I like the idea of Stripling a lot, to be totally honest with you. And one thing to remember about that five spot is, with, and again, I'm talking as if this is going to be a normal season, which it probably won't be. But in a normal season, the first you know couple of weeks, you don't even have a fifth starter because there's a lot of uh, days off built in because you got to have that those days off built in for the home team to come back from spring training, get a Get, get unpacked, everything like that. One of those teams that's coming from spring training is going on the road. So they're at some point going to get to their home opener. So same thing, days off in there to get acclimatized, all that stuff. So you actually don't even need a fifth starter for the first part of the season. I just like the versatility that Ross Stripling brings to the table. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ross Stripling. What, there, there was a, a moment last year. It was just before... Uh, there was a moment last year where we're stripling through a Blue Jay record seven shutout relief innings against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa, yeah, those Tampa Rays, the ones who never beat Craig, yeah, them. And that was fresh off of a major strategy session that he had with Pete Walker, where I, I wouldn't say they revamped the the delivery and the mechanics, but major tweaks took place and 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 stripling seemed to find something. So man, I find him to be very versatile. I do not have a problem with giving him. Uh, you know, five, six, seven, or five, six innings, let's say every fifth day. And especially when you look at the first four start, the, the first four starters are just eye popping for me. Gosman, Ryu, and then Manoan Barrios. I mean, Manoan Barrios, Manoa's just getting started. He's incredible. Barrios, once you talk about Pete Walker adjustments with stripling, Pete Walker made adjustments with Barrios that made him just eye popping, sensational. Wow, 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 wow. So my point on this is those first four pitchers, I don't think it's, very often they're not going to be taxing on the bullpen. So even to have a guy like Stripling only go four or five innings every fifth day, we don't need him to go seven or eight innings because the previous four pitchers just reeked and our bullpen is taxed like crazy. Not at all. You can absolutely have a guy like Stripling in that five spot. And I way prefer that to what a lot of the fan base wants right now, which is Nate Pearson in that five spot. I want Nate Pearson in the back of my bullpen. I want to, if Nate Pearson is the five is in the five spot, then he's going to get 30 starts this season. With this Blue Jay offense, how many of those 30 starts could one of us have been on the mound, Steve? Because the offense just wrecked shop and just kicked the crap out of the other team. Didn't even matter. So I, I don't I don't see the full value there. But Pearson in my bullpen, 
I can leverage them 70, 80 times a year in high leverage seventh, eighth inning situations. That's what I want to do with Pearson. So I like where you're going there with Stripling as the five. And to be honest, again, go back to what we're saying, Shapiro and Atkins are not done. It would not surprise me at all to see an actual number five starter acquired or, or, or brought in through, through free agency. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them address this pitching staff even further, to be honest with you. Yeah. Do you think Nate Pearson will be happy to be in that reliever position though? You know, clearly he had his, his heart and sights set on opening pitching, uh, opening starter. I just wonder whether that's a long-term conundrum that may, mm-hmm. may unpick itself. And I'll tell you something, Blue Jays UK, I'll tell you exactly why I think he would be thrilled with it. Uh, When I listen to him talk about the injuries he's had recently, what he describes is a disconnect between up here and his lower half. And he talks about, listen, I'll go through my my, my mechanics. Everything will be way on point. And at the last second, if I just follow through, like the bottom of my half is set up to do, I'm going to be fine. It's going to be 98. It's going to be a good pitch. But man, up here, I can't help myself at the last second. I give that little extra oomph for that extra oomph. And now to try to get that 102, and now my mechanics are all out of whack. As a starter, that's such a problem because as a starter, you're trying to keep some bullets in the tank. You're trying to go five, six, seven innings. As a reliever, he can come in and just go balls out. Just no, no disconnect, no arguments going on in his own head with his own body. Everything geared towards that 102 mile an hour fastball. Steve, the best performance we've ever seen from Nate Pearson was in the playoffs two years ago in relief at Tampa. Uh, six inning, uh, sorry, uh, uh, two innings pitch, so six batters, got them all out, struck out five of them because he was just going balls out, running to, here's 102. If you can hit it, my God, congratulations to you. Here it is. Eat this. That's where I want to see Nate Pearson. I don't want to see the 96, 97 because he's trying to keep something in the tank to go five or six innings. I want that 102. My God, his pitching coach from, from high school really believes that that the, the program Nate Pearson's on right now, that he's going to develop. Now, I'm not on the same page, but let me just say that he's going to develop to 110 miles per hour. Now, again, that's not where I am, but point being, that 102 that he's at right now, that might not even be the ceiling for this guy. Man, I want that in the late innings. Late in, in, in this Blue Jay bullpen, Steve, I think we would agree that, you know, there's a lot of good pitchers in there, but are there swing and miss guys? And that's what you need in baseball in this day and age. You need someone to come in in that eighth inning and get a big, not a pop-up, not a big flyout, because that ball's in play. That could be dangerous. I need a big strikeout very often. Nate Pearson's that guy. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see him slipping into the closer position. Oh, the only reason I would say no to that is just because Romano has just been, I mean, I'm just so in love with what we've seen from Romano. Oh, my God. And then we find out, Steve, that the last two months of the season, he was dealing with a, with a really injured knee. Like, are you kidding me right now? His, his production was stellar. I knew something had to be up because you notice he dropped that. He lost, dropped that deep knee bend he used to do that I love so much before. I figured something was up had the big knee injury so my, and, and still was out there performing. So a healthy Jordan Romano, man, I've got two thumbs up for him to oh, – that was one, so I've got two thumbs up for him to be a closer. <laughs> and, of course, Canadian Canadian lad. Yes, yes. You know, so he's loved by by uh, all the fans as well. So, I mean, I, th- I thought he was um, stellar last year. Uh, really enjoyed watching him. Very different, you know, if you get back – harping back to the sort of 15-16 season in terms of Asuna and, and what he was bringing to the team. Uh, Roman is a different different closer, I think, you know, to Asuna. Uh, but I have been impressed with him. And, I, you know, he doesn't naturally, to me, look like a closer. I mean, I'm not sure what a closer looks like, but to <laughs> me, he doesn't naturally look like one. But I, he's, yeah, stellar, stellar performances from him. 7 p.m. first pitch in Toronto. Midnight first pitch in London. We're Blue Jays fans UK. And we stay up late. You're listening to Red, White and Blue Jays. So just... Uh, 
sort of tailing into the 2021 season, um, coming into that last final stretch, we had a bad August, r- fantastic September. Obviously, it was all coming down to the, the last game. Uh, where were you emotionally on that last day? We're doing a TikTok live for the last a month of the season, the Blue Jays TikTok lives. And then that Sunday, of course, the Jays won that easily. Now we had our eyes on the other two games and, and the Red Sox were winning. And, and just to see it all, I wonder if I even have the recording. I wonder if I should even go back and just watch that one day because I, I bet it was just written all over my face. I was absolutely crestfallen. And, and what's made it so much worse is if you watch the playoffs afterwards, Steve, what did the playoffs show us afterwards? My God, the Blue Jays were going to win the whole damn. If they got in, they were going to win the whole damn thing. And, and, and here's here's why it's heartbreaking for me, Steve. And, and uh, oh, I'll see if I can remember the numbers on this. The Blue Jays were 20 and 21 on home games that didn't take place at the Rogers Center. Their, their record at Rogers Center was like 21, 21 and 6, I think. It was just insane. They, they, they had, a, I think it was a 596 winning percentage at home. Would have, if extrapolate that over a whole season, they would have been the top home team in baseball and would have been nine home wins better, nine home wins better than what they ended up being because of all those other home games. And I say home games, Steve, don't, don't forget, there was a time there was a doubleheader in Anaheim where game one of that doubleheader, right. the Blue Jays were the home team. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. Pardon? Never mind the need and everything else that happened. So, a devil's advocate could say to me, well, Craig, that's a nine-win difference. You don't get all nine of those wins. Something wonky would have happened. We don't need all nine of those wins. I need the Blue Jays to be one game better. That gets them into the tiebreaker. If they're two games better out of those nine, they're in the damn playoffs. So of those 21 losses, home losses that didn't take place at Rogers Center, you cannot tell me that the Blue Jays wouldn't have won at least one of those games to get the tiebreaker. Honestly, you can't tell me they wouldn't have won two of those 21 losses and been in the playoffs. So that kills. Everyone wants to talk about Montoyo. Everyone wants to talk about boy the bullpen during this stretch. I mean, valid things, yes, but honestly, it's the co- it was the circumstances that really derailed the 2021 Blue Jays. And just watching the playoffs unfold, I was just beside myself with upset because it just became clear to me the Jays got in, they were going to win the whole damn thing. Be honest, I hardly watched any of the um, postseason. Uh, I think I was just so dejected after after yeah. the end of because uh, I really felt if we could get across the line, we ha- absolutely had every chance of of lifting that trophy. And uh, certainly, how the teams played out, uh, you know, nobody had the Atlanta Braves as as the World Series champions, you know, on their cards. So I just, it was just, well, yeah, Blue Jays six and zero oh exactly. versus the Braves last season. Absolute beatdowns versus the Braves last season. By the way. Yeah, shocking stuff. Going into next year, then, where you, you know, assuming we do get baseball, let's uh, let's be positive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know it's hard to be because it's it feels like it's a million miles away at the moment in terms of um, the negotiations. But let's assume we are having a game. Where where would you pitch the Jays in the AL East? Where do you think we'd end up? Well, right there with Tampa, right there with Tampa. The Yankees will have a legitimate team. I don't think there's any doubt about it. The Red Sox will have a legitimate team. That middle of the Red Sox lineup, uh, 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 Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, uh, uh, those guys, I mean, that, for, for, uh, and Rafael Devers, for me, that's worth the price of admission already. They always are scary to me because of that. They'll get Chris Sale back this season as well. They've got some young pitchers that are coming up as well. Red Sox will be very good. The division will be very the division is going to uh, yet again, and stop me if you've heard this before, Steve. But the American League East is going to be incredible. You, you know what else is new, Craig? Hey, Jim, so glad I tuned in for that insight. Yeah, <laughs> but but point being, next season will be no difference. But the Toronto Blue Jays will absolutely be involved uh, in that race. A lot of people don't like the unbalanced schedule. I, 
because the Jays have to play the Yankees so often. I'm on the other side of that. I like the unbalanced schedule. I feel like the Jays get to take care of business often. You know, imagine a scenario where the Blue Jays actually had a good record against the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, that would be a game changer as far as things in the American League East. So that's something I'm definitely looking for uh, in 2022. But absolutely, I think. Uh, a lot that I heard was, oh, so disappointing for the Jays to miss the playoffs this season because they wasted a career year from Vlad. I would be willing to bet Vlad did not set one career high. That was not his career high for batting average, on-base percentage, RBI, home run, you name it. Vlad is just getting started. Bo is just getting started. I think Cavan will be back. Do we get a healthy season from a hit machine like Alejandro Kirk? The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. The Toronto Blue Jays in 2022 and beyond. Remember, this is a playoff window that is just opening it's going to be sensational for a while Uh, there was never a time if you can believe this in 2021 where I actually thought the Blue Jays were a playoff team I always thought their window opened in 2022 now I would have loved to been wrong look how close we were in 2021 but that's always been where my mindset is that this team's playoff window opens in 2022 I think we're on the verge of something uh, special here and as minority as as most of my takes have been here man I feel like this is majority I feel like you could have any baseball executive on right now and they'd be saying Steve can I tell you something Toronto Blue Jays in 2022 that they're going to be that good I think that the Jays and the White Sox over the next five years are going to run into each other in the playoffs like Texas and the Jays ran into each other in 2015 and 16. I think the Jays and the White Sox over the next five years are going to run into each other in the playoffs maybe three, maybe four times. Uh, I've got the White Sox. I'm very excited about their future as well. But this Toronto Blue Jay team, forget about it. Two thumbs way up. Uh, again, that Manoa and Barrios at, at the top of the rotation. Like I, I don't know if people have wrapped their heads around this just yet, but it is going to be incredible. Oh, by the way, a Gossman there as well. God help the league if Hyunjin Ryu bounces back next season. Like with the laundry list of talent on this team, and if Hyunjin Ryu gets back to being Hyunjin Ryu, forget about it, Steve. We may be talking about a division winner. As good as Tampa is, we may be talking about a downright division winner. Oh, that would be so good to see, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I, everything about this team is exciting. Everything is – it feels really solid that, you know, we've got such a core cool group of players coming back into 2022 from last season. Few, just some minor tweaking here and there. But mm-hmm. I think I think everything is just teeing up for you know, and please let us have a season next <laughs> this year. Um, I mean, do, do, uh, yeah. I mean, where, where are you putting the old negotiations? Do, do, do you feel they're going to pull it together? I mean, they feel a long way apart for me, but um, no, yeah, uh, I am. Uh, I, I don't even know if there's a level beyond a uh, below pessimistic, but if there is, that that's where I am, and I've been there from day one. I do not think we have baseball in 2022. Um, my only sense of a of, uh, source of optimism is that precedence has been set with the COVID shortened season in 2020, a 60 game season. So that's my only hope is that we do have precedence set for such a short season. But the way I describe this, uh, Steve, is uh, we, we all have we, we all have friends and, and, and people who maybe aren't aren't baseball lovers, but they have some sort of sport that is in their soul. Uh, soccer or over you are, for example, that's in their soul. And, and I tell those people. Think about those sports that are in your heart, that are in your soul, and think about the relationship between the owners in that league and the players association in that league. Think about that relationship. I bet words like contentious come up. I bet words like distrustful come up. I bet it's a bad, downright bad relationship. Well, the the relationship between Major League Baseball owners and the Major League Baseball Association makes all those other relationships seem like they're holding hands, skipping down the beach together. Isn't life grand? There's nothing like the distrust and the animosity between these two sides already calling for an independent arbiter uh, to, to, to come in. They, they, they did that back in 1994. And if you remember it, it did absolutely nothing, but just 
such disdain for each other here. So just to get the most minute things agreed upon is going to take forever. And then there's a lot of heavy lifting to do after that. This 2016 collective bargaining agreement that just expired, it was seen, if, if you take your mind's eye back to 2016, that collective bargaining agreement was seen as kicking a lot of these cans down the road. They didn't address a lot of issues here. So there's already going to be extra issues you have to address right now. COVID is a new thing. On top of that, you've got to address the issues that you kick that you just kick the can down the road from 2016 and then get into the major financial issues. How do we divvy up this multi-billion, the spoils of this multi-billion dollar industry? I think it's really ugly. I think there's zero chance we see a full season. I'm very concerned that we see any season at all. Hey, th thanks for coming on, Craig. Bear of bad news, but that's <laughs> honestly, I I'm very concerned. Very concerned. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, you're probably bringing the reality to us all. I think, you know, we're desperate to to see baseball come back. Um, winter seems a long time away. We've got the Winter Olympics at the moment, of course, which is filling yeah. a few few gaps. But um, uh, yeah, the summer without baseball around is going to be a long old year, isn't it? You're listening to Red, White and Blue Jays, the podcast of Blue Jays Fans UK. Right. Okay. One of the things I've done with everybody on, on, on the show is we've got the same final 10 questions to you. Just these are sort of quick fire, awesome. fun things. Just first things that come off the top of your head. Let's see where you sure. go. Your favorite player from 2021. Oh, Slim Daddy Vladdy. Slim Daddy Vladdy. I'm wearing his jersey right now. I'm, I'm not a hyperbole guy. See, like I'm a Laker fan. So even like Kobe Bryant, like, like, like you name it throughout the history, Carlos Delgado, there have been a lot of players that I've been really excited about, but I'm always that where I want, I need to see you do it when the lights are shining bright, I need to see you do it on the highest level. Slim Daddy Vladdy for the last few seasons, I've just been saying, this guy's going to be a Hall of Fame. Like, like I, I haven't even needed to see it. I'm just so, so completely in love with him and, and his game. I think he's just, I think he's just incredible. I think he's just incredible. So absolutely, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Your favorite Jays player of all time? Can't go to Robbie Alomar on this one, darn, which nice. is a shame because that would have been it. My Goodness, what a great question. Oh, you know what? Uh, George Bell. George Bell. And, okay. and a shout out to Roy Halliday. A shout out to Roy Halliday. But George Bell. George, George Bell. Bell. Very good. Uh, your favorite non-Jays player? Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. Do I even have one? Wow. Do I even have? They're, they're all four-letter words for me. <laughs> <They're> all... <clears throat> you, you know what? I'm going to give a cheesy answer. I'm going to say Cody Bellinger. Now, I know he struggled last year, but he always has a special place in my heart. In a, in a fantasy league a couple of years ago, I, I took him in the draft, and no one had heard of him, and everyone thought it was daft. Then he gets called up during that season, and on the strength of what he did, I I, I, I won the damn championship. So I'll go ahead and throw him some love there. Yeah, yeah I'll throw absolutely. Him some love on that one. <laughs> yeah, get him some credit. Your favorite ballpark away from Roger Center? With the, I mentioned several family vacations to Dunedin. Well, prior to that were several family vacations to Fenway Park in Boston. I uh, saw the Blue Jays there many times, saw them play Milwaukee a few times, uh, Detroit once. Uh, just, just incredible. Just two thumbs way up. The whole atmosphere, the whole, you talk about the culture of the Blue Jays club, the, the culture at Fenway Park. I mean, there's, there are zero ushers tell, there telling you, okay, now, wait to go to your seat here until the pitch, you know, until there's no act. Like any of the, any of the etiquette. There's nobody there telling you that it's all known. It's all understood. It's very, it's very impressive. I'll tell you a quick story here, Steve. Uh, so, so we had a bunch of tickets you know, to go down. And, and as a child, the childhood memory I have, I remember one time we're waiting outside where we haven't gone in. And I see my mom is just beside herself. She's crying. She's very upset. She's forgotten the tickets to this particular game back in Canada. Now, in these days, 
Of course, right now, if we bought a, a ticket to Fenway Park, the Red Sox wouldn't even know. It's all electronic. It's all third party. They wouldn't even know. In these days, you were writing a letter to the Boston Red Sox. Hey, we're coming from Toronto. Here's what we'd like to do. So we had done that a few years in a row. So we're, we're recognized a little bit, but not, not recognized, but uh, on the radar, I guess it was. So I think it was the general manager or whatever of Fenway Park gets word that we've got, you know, people from Toronto here very upset. He comes out, hey, Mrs. Ballard, what, what's the problem? She, she explains, she explains. He says, oh my goodness, you talk about a non problem. You're thinking that's a problem? You talk about a no problem. They just walked us up and put us in the box for the game. Just walked us up and put us in a box for the game. Like j- just incredible, just incredible. But yeah, I have a lot of... Uh, uh, a, a lot of good things to say about Fenway Park. Incredible atmosphere to watch a game in. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm fortunate enough to see a game there as well. And, uh, awesome. Yeah, lo- love Fenway. Love Boston. I thought Boston was a, a fantastic city. Uh, probably, you know, for us UK uh, guys, it, it feels a little bit more European than perhaps a lot of the state cities oh. do just because of its history and stuff. So so there's a lot of attraction from, from that perspective. But I thought Fenway, uh, it's not the most comfortable ballpark to sit in, I have to say. So true. But in terms of atmosphere, in terms of the history mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, yeah, I really enjoyed. Our, yeah. No, our there's, there are zero modern luxuries there. Zero. Exactly. You're sitting in the same seats people were sitting in to watch Babe Ruth. Not, 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 not the same area. You're sitting in the same seat that people were sitting in. Yeah, no, no, no you're right about that. You're right about that. It's just the atmosphere that, that really catches you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, this one was going to be an interesting one for you, considering you don't go to many games. But uh, your favorite baseball food, if you were sitting in the restaurant, at Rogers Centre, what would you, what would your go to meal be? Not only has it become my favorite food at baseball games, but it's transcended into any time I'm uh, like 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 in these days. You know, I don't go to the grocery store; I order my groceries. Right, so in these days, when I'm ordering my groceries, I'll order a whole pack of those soft pretzels. Ah! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It, it, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. I, I always end up grabbing about three or four to make, and then I realize, no, 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 this is a blunder. This is too many. This calm it down. Two at the absolute most. Two at the absolute most. But for sure, a soft pretzel. Oh my gosh, with, with some mustard to dip it in. That's a yes, please. Okay, excellent. And and your favorite drink to go with that? What would you What would you go to? Boy, uh, you know, I'll probably just be something traditional. I'm not a beer guy or anything along those lines. I'll probably just go some sort of traditional. Uh, a pop, you know, like, like like a Coke or a Pepsi. You know what? Let's go cherry Coke. Oh my, that's going to be so nice. A nice soft pretzel with some cherry Coke. Now that's not, you, you got me drooling a bit here. <laughs> you know what? You're going to have for your lunch because you'll still you'll before lunchtime. You re- yeah. Recording this. Yeah. Um, day game or night game? Wow, you got some great questions here. You, know, I mean. I, boy, I'm trying to think, will my employers see this? Because, man, the, the, the day game will keep a cheeky eye on it, right? So, man, do I really want to tell on myself here? So uh, maybe I should say night game because of that. I mean, there, 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 there is something pretty cool. They'll both have the pros and cons, right? The, the, the day game is supposed to be that bunch of kids groups. They're supposed to be on playing hooky from school, playing hooky from work, things like that. It's supposed to have some romantic, you know, romanticism to it. So I do like that. But man, Steve, we're probably on the same page here when I say, man, there's something about those night games when the, when the camera just pans back and you see those stars and it's just a, a beautiful night and you hear the announcer say, what a beautiful night to play baseball. And, you're, and, and you're just, it, that, that's romantic to me as well. So man, I, how's this for an answer? How about both? How about a cop-out answer? Both. <laughs> both. Okay. That is a cop-out. I agree. Your favorite Jays jersey color. Oh, the, I love that new blue. Love the new blue. Love the, okay. Even though I have a Vlad white one right now, I was literally thinking just yesterday, ironic you're asking me this, I was literally thinking yesterday, I mean, how do I not pull the trigger on a Vlad Guerrero new blue? I love the new blue. I, although I think there's been a few people that have been a little bit mixed with the the new blue, but uh, I, yeah. I quite like it. But um, 
I guess it's a little well, it, it, it's historic, isn't it? You know, yes. I played in it, you know, many many years ago, but not of of recent times. But uh, okay, that's brilliant. And what would the uh, your favourite jersey number be on the back of your new blue jersey? What would you go for? I'm I'm saying 77. It's the same reason that that uh, in my Twitter handle is Craig Ballard 77. Now 77 was an address that I lived at uh, with my buddies uh, in Toronto for several years. So really. It's like my homage to Toronto and all my favorite people in the world, my family, my friend, you name it. They all passed through that door when we lived at 77 Lindsay. So, you know what, just from a sentimental value, that, 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 that's why a lot of people think 77 was the year I was born. That's why I put it there. It's actually my homage to Toronto, to the city of Toronto. So I'm going to go 77. Well, there you go. And just a little fun fact, uh, not the house we're currently living in, but our previous house was number 77. So there you go. Oh, awesome. Boy, we've got some connection. <laughs> and finally, roof open or roof closed? Man, I'm gonna say roof open just because it's more of the of, of 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 a baseball atmosphere. We're so blessed to be able to have a roof closed. How about we combine the answer here, Steve, and we say starts with the roof open, and then we're there in attendance. You've got me in attendance, rare, and we see the roof closed. Now that I might enjoy. Brilliant, Craig. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, also, afternoon for you. Yeah. Well, no, morning for you. Sorry, morning for yeah. you. Uh, it's been such fun just chatting to you, just getting your insights and thoughts. Uh, really looking forward to having some more connection over the you know the coming year. Hopefully, if we do get some baseball, we'll definitely be back in touch with you. But really appreciate your time this afternoon, sir. Oh, what an absolute uh, pleasure. Uh, absolutely. As I said, big fan, big fan of the show, big fan of what you guys are doing overseas. Man, the, the, this was two thumbs up for me. This was a, a, a pretty fun way for me to spend my Sunday morning. Let, let, let's put it that way. You say, let's do it again. I'm right there. I've been in the minority in a lot of things here, but I hope I'm in the majority when I say, yes, let's do this yeah, again. Yeah, totally. And I, I know you hook up with a couple of the other guys. I know you do the walk-off podcast as yeah. well with uh, those guys. So uh, lots of places that people can find you. Uh, but guys, if you've been listening to this today and you'd love to get in touch, just please drop me an email uh, or get in hold of me on Twitter. All the contact details will be at the end of the pod as usual. Uh, but for now, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch up with you soon. The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Jays Fans UK. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening. <laughs>